Are you looking for the best tips and tricks to run a successful dental practice? You're in the right place. Welcome to Bulletproof Dental Practice, interviewing some of today's most successful dentists with your hosts, Dr. Peter Bolden and Dr. Craig Spodak. Today we have Brett Judd with us on the Bulletproof Dental Practice podcast. I have to say that Craig is not on the podcast right now because today it is Wednesday before the storm is about to hit in South Florida. So we, uh, I just got off the phone with him and he said, buddy, can you handle this by myself because pandemonium is ensuing? I said, I got this. So Brett is with us today, um, Brett Judd, J-U-D-D, and he's called the practice therapist. We were really intrigued by this title and really <laughs> wanted to get Brett on the show to talk about, about kind of what ensues from this. And, and I'm going to give a little bit of a bio for Brett just so everyone gets some context. So Brett is the creator of the Profitable Practice Blueprint and the leader of the Profitable um, Ethical Practice, the PEP Mastermind Communities. His mastery and knowledge of relationships and human behavior has transformed the way that practices look at their staff, the patients, and themselves. So Brett is on a personal mission to end burnout and cash flow issues faced by private practice professionals. And in this context, we're going to talk about some dentistry. Um, so he's a sought-after trainer, coach, consultant, and, and directly impacts the, the culture, mindset, and functionality, functionality and practice uh, of a practice. So, Brett, thanks for being on the show. Uh, yeah, My pleasure. This that, is it's, a, it's really my pleasure. I, I love you guys' show. And just thought, man, I want to, if I can, I'd love to be on this show because you guys do an amazing job. Well, thank you. Thank you. It's, it's, a, it's a passion. I love a passion. I mean, we... <laughs> We, we love to do it and, you know, but it's, it's one of those things. And, and I, I was mentioning to you about your microphone and you were saying that you did a lot of it, you know, a lot of stuff too. So, you know, the work involved with kind of delivering value to folks. Absolutely. So it's, um, you can always tell when someone swings over like a, you know, a $200 microphone. And you're like, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> uh, so uh, let's unpack things a little bit, Brett. And, um, how'd I do with that intro? Everything, anything else you yeah, want? To you know, that's good. That that's good. And, um, the practice therapist is one of those, uh, titles, you know, that gets, uh, eyebrows raised or some, you know, flinches almost sometimes, but, uh, that actually came to me from a dentist. Uh, we were talking about things that I do and the way that I go after it and my history. And they're like, Oh, so you're really my practice therapist. I'm like, yeah, that's exactly what I'm doing. Uh, and so, you know, historically, I come uh, into my work as a social worker. I have a master's of social work. I've been doing clinical work for uh, many, many years. I started working uh, in the field of social work, social change, just the whole systems and teams in 91, and then a lot of individual work uh, through that. And I love it. It's an amazing experience working one-on-one -on -one or in groups with that human dynamic. And um, you know, how I kind of came into the dentist world is, is maybe uh, odd around the corner way, but a, a really good friend of ours, David Phelps, who runs the uh, Freedom, Freedom Mastermind. Yeah. Uh, we were in a, a mastermind together as he was getting Freedom Founders launched out. And at that time, my wife and I were just getting started with the Marriage is Worth Millions program that Gina runs which is an entrepreneurial marriage success program. We had our therapy practice and I was going to a lot of marketing conferences to learn how to market and build this thing and started to see that, uh, well, I, I called her from Florida and said, Gina, I'm, I'm a little worried if we keep going down this path, everybody I talk to is either having marital problems or are divorced. Several of the presenters are talking about their failed marriages I'm like, there's a real issue inside of entrepreneurialism uh, with marriages. And uh, we realized that there was an opportunity there. We created the Marriages Worth Millions and the Fortunes and Families programs, which Gina runs. David asked us, can you please come to my dental mastermind? Because my dentists are having problems. And we got looking at it. And sure enough, um, it is a major issue inside the dental industry, this uh, mm -hmm. issue of divorce. Being there, engaging the dentists and talking with them, they started asking me about issues of practice relationships. Now, what do I do with the internal chaos going on inside my practice? How do I deal with my front end that won't deal with my back end staff or my hygiene pool that are just always bickering and on each other? 
And as a result of that engagement, I realized that um, the skills and the expertise of relationships and human dynamics um, had a place and a solid place inside the dental world. Uh, that's kind of how I got into this, started researching everything that was going on, and found an article that came out of oral, oral health is who did, I, I'm almost positive. I came across an article that talked about the four key areas of burnout and stress that dentists were facing. And, and the first were staff issues. Mm -hmm. uh, staff issues and the issues going on inside the practice that were beating them down. The next were uh, cash flow issues, which is directly related to staff. If you got underperforming staff or if you've got you know, chaos happening, production goes down. Yep. The next was stress in general. And all of that led then to burnout and a burnout rate of approximately seven to 10 years when, you know, dentists were just feeling like they, Wait, they were either leaving practice or the research found, sorry, I mean to cut you off there, but no, no, go ahead. So the research found that after about seven to 10 years, that's when burnout started ensuing. That's when it was really starting to kick in. Um, and uh, one of the dentists, a really good friend of mine, says, you know, I'm, he's seeing it in some of his friends at five. Uh, and a lot of it was just all of it compounding the stresses of practice, the stresses of keeping patients going, the, the stress of the cash flow, and not having good skills, not having excellent ideas on how to manage that. So that is where this whole practice therapist um, and the, the profitable practice blueprint came from is a need to show really phenomenal people how to deal with the human dynamics that were causing so much stress that it was leading to the burnout in life. So I want to table, I want to come right back to this because I think we're going to be on an awesome path, especially for, like I was alluding to a lot of our, a lot of our dentists are younger. And so I think it'll be good to kind of tell them, Hey, these are the things that you might be able to anticipate. Yeah. But I want to I want to talk to you a little bit about you had mentioned that the divorce rate was pretty systemic in, in dentists as a whole, and and yeah. I don't know why why do you think that is? And maybe the two are intertwined with what you just they said. They do. Okay. Yeah, they they do intertwine deeply. Um, so what we began to find was that uh, a couple of different reports. One of them showed a divorce rate in dentistry running about forty six percent, which was pretty significant, mm -hmm. and in the dentists that we've interacted with and had the, the pleasure to chat with, it's, it's running pretty close to that. But is that uh, higher than like a national average of like, a, you know, the entire population subset? It is actually divorce is going down. Oh. Uh, and so the old standard 50% is actually on a decline. Okay. Uh, and so when, but when you start looking industry specific, dentists uh, as a whole have a very high rate of divorce. And a lot of it comes back to, the excessive demands, the stress, the chaos of managing that practice, um, and the emotional chaos that goes on inside the practice as well. And, and there's a lot of emotional distress that is happening for, for many, many dentists. And uh, being able to manage and understand and control that so that it doesn't come home is a really important piece of survival, not only in practice, but in the home. So, it, so one transcends into the other, you know, I guess you're having a bad day and you come home and you kick the dog and then therefore, you know, Absolutely. And, yeah. and, and, it, and it goes, it, it's, it's kind of a, it probably a, was not the best metaphor in terms of what I kicking <laughs> the dog. No, you, you come like home, you grab a beer and you watch a ball game and you don't reconnect with your spouse or your kids. Right. Cause you're wiped you're out. So exhausted emotionally yeah. from dealing with everything, your high stress, high fear clients or, you know, patients. And then, uh, your staff who are constantly in need, and then you come home and you're just like, oh, I'm done. And this, this family who desperately wants to reconnect with you and there's nothing left. And, yep. and so that, that tears that piece apart as well. And then there's a, a really amazing study that John Gottman did out of uh, when he was doing some work with the University of Colorado. And he looked at the reciprocation of that. So when our core relationships uh, are strong. Mm -hmm. We're actually better entrepreneurs. We're better at our craft. We have more creativity, more resilience, and ability to deal with stress. 
-hmm. when our relationships, our core um, emotional, you know, romantic relationships are in distress, mm -hmm. those key skills that we need to be at the top of our game in business actually diminish. So there's a, a reciprocity happening here as well. They, they feed into each other. I see. I see. You know, it's, it's what you're saying is kind of resonating a lot with me because I, before we really hit record, you know, I was telling you how I almost experienced burnout. And it was a whole lot of things going on personally and, and the business. And you're right. The demands of a dentist are just, um, I don't think everyone, I don't think people understand it because a lot of, a lot of like my buddies or, you know, even my wife sometimes is like, what do you mean? You see patients. And I'm like, that's really like a very small percentage of what I do during the day. That's right. That's and right. people just say, oh, you work on teeth. Like, you know, like what, how hard could that be? You know, like you know, people outside dentistry, I'm like, well, so, you know, what you're saying is, 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 you know, it's comforting because I'm, I feel like I'm not alone because sometimes you get on the, you know, dentistry gets to be this very lonely place sometimes, yeah. right? As you think like, man, I'm the only one going through this, but here you say that it's kind of, um, you know, these are the problems that everyone has. I mean, I, I kind of know that, but you know, it's, it's reaffirming when you're, mm -hmm. when you're the coach kind of getting people through some of that. So yeah. how do you, how do you, how do you basically take someone out of that place? Or what do you do when you meet someone? They say, Hey, I'm burnt out. And you know, um, this is falling apart. This is falling apart. Like, can you go through your, sure. your processes of kind of what you do for someone? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So these aren't necessarily in order, but mm -hmm. they all tend to come together at different times in the process because everybody's, uh, you know, what they need is, is going to be different and where we start. But I'll, I will give you a couple of really uh, fantastic tips here. So one thing that we immediately start to do is what you just talked about, Peter, and that is normalize. You're not alone. This is very normal. A whole lot of you guys in this profession are doing it. Uh, and, you know, to kind of a dovetail, my core, you know, my background uh, in, in therapy is, is almost exact same burnout rate. We're actually hitting five to seven years and therapists are, are burning out and leaving for much the same reasons. Uh, you know, we sit in a dark room all day long uh, talking to people and they dump all of their awful, you know, stuff to us. And over time, it just wears you down. Well, wow. same thing kind of goes on in the dental practice. You get, you know, patients who come in, they're in extreme pain, they're afraid, they don't know what's going to happen, and they have all that emotional energy, and it's going to somebody. And then you have to kind of be the bearer of bad news a lot of times or inflict you know, more pain and, and assist them. And what, what I find is that hour after hour in that tiny operatory, benched over, looking in a mouth with no place to vent it, no place to release it, it just builds up. So the first thing that I start doing when I talk with somebody is we, we put together basically a self-care plan. And what are you doing to move the energy? How are you getting rid of this? When it comes in and you're stressed, what are you doing? Are you taking a break and walking around the building a couple times, you know, midday to burn off all that energy that you've been absorbing? Uh, or are you just powering through? You know, we talk, uh, first thing is a self-care plan. And then Somewhere in that, I'm going to give them a uh, 4W strategy, and it's real simple, but it helps you normalize. And the first is just, why do I care? When somebody goes, comes in, a staff member comes in, a patient comes in, and you feel yourself getting all worked up, real snarky, why do I care? And get that antagonistic question into your mind, because it's going to stop that arousal. It's going to stop that anxiety that starts building up because you've now asked the subconscious to analyze itself. And it's a powerful thought stopping. And then the other that goes along with it is, is a real simple who says. So mm -hmm. if you start hearing these rules and it has to and these shoulds, who says? Why is that the way it's supposed to be? And really start getting critical with some of these have tos and that is a really, it, it sounds super simple, but when you start to apply it, when you're talking with a patient and they're starting to get under your skin and you say, you know, why do I care? It stops you from climbing up. And then whose issue is it? So the other W here is whose issue? 
why am I picking up somebody else's chaos? Why am I owning somebody else's problem? I've got my own issues. I don't need to carry yours as well. And then the final is what can I do about it? So um, why do I care? Who says? Whose issue is it? And what can I do about it? It's, it's a really simple formula, but when you begin to apply it, you immediately differentiate yourself emotionally from all the chaos that's going on, and it puts you in a very powerful position. Yeah. Uh, and, and those last ones are really important. Whose issue is this? Well, it belongs to this person. I don't need to pick it up. Well, what can I do about it? I can validate them. I can support them. I can reassure them. Uh, but... I don't have to take ownership of it and I don't have to do anything because so many times what, what's going on is we we're over overdoing our job. We're not doing our stuff. We're doing everybody else's stuff and that's impossible. So that four W method is a really fantastic way to shut down and bring things into perspective when it starts getting a little out of control. And that's like a live live tactic meaning like when you're in the hot seat so to speak you you're can actually run, run through those and be like all right let me, let me let me check myself let me become situationally aware of what's going on so that i can be self-aware of letting making sure it doesn't impact me that's because right if i'm understanding you correctly you're basically saying that you know maybe day by day it doesn't seem that terrible but over time it's a cumulative thing it builds up and then right. it, and then that burn up just becomes accelerated so um you know, I, I hear when you were saying that it was interesting because I was thinking like it's, it's almost hard. You know, we we as professionals care. You know, we're we're healthcare providers, right? Dentists. Right. You know, we want to do. We see something. We see a problem. We want to fix it. See a problem. Want to fix it. And so I think that it's almost that empathy or that desire to help them um, can get a little bit dangerous, like you said, because someone walks in and says, "I hate the dentist and I hate this and you hurt me," and you know, all of a sudden, you know, you're getting beat up day in day out, and you're getting that sensation that that's right, and, and you know, and then you're taking it, you know, and it's, so it's a cumulative thing. The first couple of years, um, you're, you can kind of shrug it off, but you know, 15, 20, 20 years in of hearing that same message, you know, the strongest human, strongest man, strongest woman in the world can't can't shrug that off any longer without some maybe yeah. some practical methodology like you've got. Yeah. So, yeah. Wow. And that's why I love that because it is something that's in the moment. When you feel that adrenaline kind of kick up or that tension or so different for everybody how they feel it, but we all feel it. Mm -hmm. You're just like, yeah, why do I care? Why did that kick me up? Why do I react to that? And you start asking those whys. And then if you, the back end of your brain says, well, because of this, I'm like, well, who says? Well, that's a stupid rule. Who says that? Mm -hmm. And you just start chipping away at these accumulated beliefs that are now driving that underlying behavior. And then you can go to work because at that point, you now have that ability to stay in a very rational space and go to work with, well, whose issue is this? Okay. My front end didn't do a very good job prepping this person. So now they're upset. So I should probably go do something and talk to my front end a little bit and we could, you know, help them deal with the clients better. I'm used to calling folks clients. I know it's patients on the other yeah. side of here. Yeah. Uh, and then that action step, because this is the piece where a lot of times we blow it. What can I do about it? And there is always something that we can personally do, whether it's just coming back and, and validating the fears, validating stress, uh, whether it's taking immediate action in some way, or maybe it's like, you know what? I can't do anything. And so I got to just step back. But too many times we don't take that action step or we take the wrong action. And now right. we just build stress and over, over amplify things. Or in a lot of cases, and I'm guilty of this, it's a knee jerk reaction. Right. right? Without, without being rational, like you just get so frustrated and fed up and burnt out or whatever in your day that you say something that you regret or do something that you regret because you get emotionally hijacked throughout the day. Absolutely. Know? Absolutely. It's a, emotionally hijacked is a great way to put it. Yeah. So, um, so cool. let's talk about how, so I hear, I hear how that kind of helps with the burnout and, right. but the burnout is, I hear an emotional component we're talking about meaning that we're caring too much or that patient's energy is being flopped up onto us and that's toxic sure. to a yeah. point, right? The buildup is toxic. 
So also let's talk about kind of like how, how some other aspects that, that lead to burnout. Um, and you talked about the cash flow and just the right. kind of the running of the business. Actually, you listed off the four, but I'm kind of, we're kind of jumping around because I want to hear some other things as well. Okay. So some of the, so compounding, and, and like I said, you know, depends on where the practice is and where the dentist is, where we're going to start. Um, but there'll always be some of that personal mindset work because it's, it's present in everything. Okay. But then we have to look at systems. And one of the ways that I look at this, and um, a good friend of mine, he has, you know, he builds policies and procedures and stuff. And he and I were talking about, I says, all right, Brett, tell me what you do. I says, you know what? I take what you've done and you help him build this amazing Ferrari. And this is beautiful machine. And I teach him how to nuance it. And he's like, that makes a lot of sense. He said, because you can have the most perfect built machine but if you don't know how to nuance it and finesse it you're gonna end up in the weeds the first corner you get to and so we have to understand the human dynamic underneath it why do people behave the way they do how do we get out of the role of management and now into leaders because one of the other issues and when it comes down to the staff issues is that whenever we're trying to manage and this is where I you know picked up with you guys on the first two episodes that I listened from you guys, I'm like, holy mackerel, these guys get it. You know, and because uh, you were talking about uh, the, the, the power of leadership and mm-hmm. people are not manageable, right. uh, especially the new generation of millennial you know, workers. They don't want to be managed. So these are my kids. You know, I, I'm one of the, 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 the group that raised these guys, right? Right. And uh, we, we raised this generation to be self-willed, to be very uh, driven and focused. Um, and we didn't teach them, thankfully, I, I believe. To right. be why, did you let them, why did you let them give out participation trophies? Well, <laughs> that, 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 that wasn't me. That didn't happen I'm in my kidding, house. But I did teach mine to be very self-directed and um, to stand up for themselves, which doesn't fit in a management system, Right. Right. And too many dentists are trying to run management systems when what their practice really needs is a solid leadership. And so one of the things that I start teaching then is how do we build a true autonomous self-directed team compared to a well-managed staff? Right. Because if you're trying to manage your staff and deal with patients and the, the practice of dentistry, there's no way you can do it. Yep. If you've truly empowered a, a team, they know their position, they know their role, they know their expertise, they know who they're interconnected with, uh, and, I, and I use baseball with this a lot, um, a pitcher and the catcher are a sub-team interdependent with each other mm-hmm. to, to help the entire team function. They don't have to have a manager there out on the mound with them. They don't have to have somebody right behind the catcher telling what to throw. You know, they work independent. That's what an autonomous team really does. And a a truly fully developed self-directed team is going to have the ability to run without a manager. And you then come in as the leader. You're the cheerleader. You're the director. You're the mentor. And it frees you up to do an amazing amount of your work without the stress and the chaos of managing. And so that's one of the key pieces is we look at the systems and then we look at the nuance of the system and how do you turn that over to the individual? How do we create um, what I call individual excellent plans or individual uh, employment plans? Mm -hmm. So we've handed it over to the, the individual employee who's now in charge of their own expertise development, who's in charge of their daily production numbers, and you empower the person to excel within their space and their scope, and it frees you as the practice owner and as the dentist to really focus on the things that you need to focus on without carrying the burden uh, of things that you shouldn't even have to worry about. Yeah. So there's, that, that's a major uh-huh. piece to it. Uh, you know, that you're speaking my language now. It's funny how you talk of the word autonomous you hit on. And it's funny, I get the question a lot. So I probably have, you know, 40 plus employees, yeah. 50, well, probably 40, 42 plus employees. Um, 
and people, you know, Dennis would I'll see at conferences and such, and they'll talk to me and they'll say, man, I bet you, I bet all you deal with is HR stuff, you know, and I really, I'll stop and, you know, and, and I question like, what do I say right here? Cause I don't want to be like, you know, antagonizing the guy and be like, no, I don't have any, but like the truth is like my team is autonomous. I, you know, yeah. the culture was set from the top. People know that, you know, things that they can and can't do, things are tolerable. And just like you said, I don't, I don't micromanage because I don't have time for that. Number one, and exactly. people want to be managed. And if Craig is, it's, it's a shame that he's not on this podcast and he's dealing with the kind of hurricane preparation stuff. Cause he, right. loves stuff. he loves to talk about this, but you know, yeah. the cult, you know, he loves to talk about the culture creation and kind of just leading, but he and I both, like you said on the podcast, the, the second one we did, that, um, you know, we really speak about the leadership aspect because, it, yeah. you know, it, it does free you up from having to uh, micromanage and check in. You know, set, we have awesome individuals and, and you, you, you give them a goal, you know, you give them the parameters of which they can excel and right. step, back, step back and watch. So that's pretty, pretty cool. I, lo- I love that you just said that. And that's the kind of the, 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 the framework of your teachings and your, and your coaching. I think that's, I think that's impressive. It really to me, this is probably the most important thing a young dentist could do. You know, somebody coming out, my brother-in-law uh, graduates next year and uh, will come out unless he goes on. He's teasing um, a specialty right now. But uh, he and I have talked a lot. And I, I honestly believe that if a, a young dentist uh, just starting out or somebody who's just now buying into a practice and kind of going off on their own, if they will grab this one piece, it's going to make such an amazing impact. They are not a manager. The last thing that you want to do is be a manager. Um, and the thing that I teach all the time with people is that, that parts and pieces and details can be managed. You know, you can, you can manage the, the, tr- the tool tray that comes out of the autoclave and is handed to you. That's manageable. Uh, scheduling can be managed, budget can be managed, but humans are not manageable. We never really were. Mm-hmm. Uh, my generation and my parents' generation, we were taught to be compliant. We were taught to go into the industry and we, we were on that 40-40-40 plan, 40 hours a week, you know, for 40 years and a 40,000 a year retirement. Um, and it broke because yeah. it never was meant to work. Uh, and so if coming in, you will build a true leadership based plan and this autonomous giving the authority and the, the expertise over to these incredible people that you've hired, yep. that one thing will set you up to be absolutely uh, successful across yep. the career. I think one thing it's, it's, you know, dentistry is not a dictatorship and i think unfortunately that's been that's been told on how you run a practice somewhere mm-hmm. way back when i don't know who who started that but it's like you gotta run your team you know it's like rule by an iron fist and right that doesn't, doesn't work it doesn't work you know i mean it works in certain instances when obviously you've got a problem right you have to address you have to go ahead and laser focus and and remove that toxicity from your environment for sure right. i get it. right but as an overarching theme, like that is not the way to run a bunch of professionals. You know? No, it's not. Especially and if you hire professionals. Like you said, the millennials do not want, do not want that, um, no. that working environment because it will make them unhappy and make them look for a new job quicker yeah. than you can say. I mean, I don't know. But it's not, you know, it's not money that they're, they're seeking per se. It's no, really they want purpose. One purpose. of the core things is, you have to have a true vision and a purpose to what your practice is about. Because if all you're doing is chasing a production goal every week and you're pushing out money to them, they're like, you know what? I don't need the money, mm-hmm. um, but I want some kind of purpose. I want something, you know, that, that moves me. And, and maybe that's uh, so in the individual excellent plans, when, when we build those, we'll look at personal motivators and maybe for this person over the next 90 days, it's going to a specific conference or personal development. Maybe it's not even dentistry, but they want to go and master something for themselves. Well, that's just going to make them even better in your practice. 
and it doesn't cost you a lot of money to do some of these things. Uh, maybe it's, it's a little more flexibility in what they're doing or in their time or a way for them to excel in themselves professionally. Uh, there's so many ways. And when you get out of that drive, 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 production bonus and you get down to the person, now all of a sudden you're like, oh, that's what, that's what will motivate you and boost your morale. Fantastic. We can do that. Mm -hmm. um, and that individualized push and that individualized purpose is what this next generation is really driven by, as well as the global vision of what is it that we're doing in this practice and what is your purpose and who are you serving? Yep. Now they're going to get on board with you and, and it becomes incredibly fun. Yeah. And like you were saying, that kind of that kind of freeing yourself up helps you time to, you know, the visioneering time that you need to to draw top talent to you, you know, yeah. um, because everyone wants to be led, not managed, you know, and they want to be they want to be a part of something that's bigger than they are. All these things. Right. I mean, you know, I, I get it that it's dentistry, you know, and sometimes I get a little bit like, you know, I know I'm talking about dentistry, but it's. <laughs> At the end of the day, it's it's pretty cool to be kind of um, leading a bunch of people down the field and and having and knowing that they've got your back, so to speak, right. because you've got theirs, and you're all kind of on this mission, and your GPS is all set towards the same goal, and everyone's aligned, you know, and there's no weak links, and it's just it's just awesome, right? So that's, that's so true. Yeah, yeah. It's um. So I, I sometimes get a little bit worked up about this stuff, but, <laughs> but I dig it. You know, I dig it because it's it's. It, this is when it makes it fun, but, uh, but I haven't all, it hasn't always been fun. You know, I talked about, you know, the, the, the 2015 burnout I said, and I had to kind of reverse engineer. I don't know what episodes you've heard, but you know, of this podcast, but you know, I had a pretty shitty 2015 yeah. where uh, stuff was coming apart. I had some, I had large embezzlement, you know, over half a million dollars embezzlement. I yeah. had um, a part a failed partnership of 10 years break. Um, you know, I had, uh, you know, some family demands and my son was born premature and always in the hospital. And so it just, and I was having a monster clinical year from going back to the thing, which would be great because it did solve the cash flow problems, but I wasn't um, in an emotional place where I could do all that physical demand. Yeah. Right. So all those things literally just kind of just wore me out. And so you have to be very strategic. I guess where I'm going with this is, is, is you're saying the same thing is you have to be very strategic with your intention throughout the day. No different than, you know, the, the granular um, example you gave of dealing with that one patient and having them kind of put all their toxic energy towards you. You know, you can take that at a micro and take it to a macro. Right. That's and right. that's right. You know, that's cool. That's cool. I'm digging, I'm digging this. So tell me, tell me some other things that, um, that you find are our problems in our industry or maybe some advice that you would give. Sure. Um, here's, here's one. It, it's kind of a, and I don't know, I, I don't mean it to be condescending in any way, but uh, sometimes uh, what I, what I have learned is that every problem seems to be dealt the exact same way. It's, it's almost like everything is a root canal and I want, this system. And so you're going to come in and I'm going to get the, the x-ray and we're going to do a cleaning. I'm going to do a, a diagnostic and then, okay, we're going straight in. Problems aren't solved that way. And that's great if we're talking about, say, uh, you know, a failed tooth or something of that nature. But when we're looking at the human dynamic, it doesn't work that way. And one of the things that I find repeatedly is they're like, all right, Brett, I, I want to know the system. I want to know the step-by-step you know, the same way that you would go in and deal with a, 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 a cavity or something. And there's not, but, well, I shouldn't say there's not. There is. We all want the cookbook. We want the cookbook, like the exactly. step one, step two. You know, we're a bunch of engineers, essentially. That's right. That's just, right. Don't talk to me in this fluffy language. Show me step one, step two, step. That's such a typical dentist yeah. thing. So you're right. But, you know, really, and let me just pull something over so I can read this. Because there is a step one, step two, if you will. Um, when we're starting to talk about, you know, how do I boost my team? How do I get morale where it ought to be? And how do I decrease the stress in my own life? Um, there is a really simple formula and I call it constructive uh, coaching. Mm -hmm. um, and it's a play on, you know, that whole um, constructive criticism. Uh, but nobody, I mean, I've never enjoyed it. I don't know anybody who likes to be criticized. Um, and, you 
So if we look at this idea of constructive coaching and something that everybody can do instantly, and you can do the same thing for your high fear, your high stress patient, or for a staff member who's maybe not performing or they're having problems with what's going on. And this is a very effective way of developing leadership. Uh, and it's one of the things that I teach and help, you know, practices get to. So number one is praise. Um, you got to grease the wheel, you know, and I, I do a lot of mechanic work and, and I love working with my hands at my shop. And sometimes you go to get on a bolt and it's rusted shut and it's been there a long time. And so um, you spray it with some lube and you just let it sit for a little bit and you let that work in. And if you do that, all of a sudden the nut just kind of frees up. Well, praise is that lube that opens things up. And so one of the ways you do is just real simple praise. The way that you, whatever it is, is really fantastic, amazing, fabulous, great. You know, just plug it in. Labeled praise. The way that you handled that client's emotions was amazing. The way that you deal with that stressful child when they got in the chair was just ph phenomenal. You know, or I love it when you. And so the more labeled you can get that praise, the more specific they're going to be. Um, and then here's a big piece. And this is the next one is ask. So whenever you're going to go in, lead with an ask. I love the way that you do this. Can I show you something that's worked really good for me? Hmm. Can I show you something that I've found over the years? And what happens most of the time is, here, let me show you this. And they're like, what, yeah. am I stupid? Did I do it wrong? Am I screwing up? And that's the reaction. So all of a sudden, there's the defense kicks up. And if all we do is slide in with, you know, you're doing an amazing job, and I like your technique. Can I show you just a trick I've learned? I it like doesn't that. take maybe 15 seconds longer and 15, 20 words is all. But you've all of a sudden like, yeah, I'd love to learn from you. Well, what do you want to teach me? That praise followed with an ask immediately opens the door mm -hmm. and now your staff is like oh teach me i'd love to learn what you know and thanks for lubing this a little bit with some praise i'm glad you noticed right and All then right. immediately you go to a teach because as a leader our core job is to coach to mentor and to guide so i want to teach them you, you, you've already hired exceptional people at least i hope you have and you're now teaching them your way, your method, and bringing them up to a level of standard that you want. So praise them for what they know, ask if you can you know, help them get better, and then teach them what it is that you want, assuming they already know, and then enable them. So this is a big piece. We have to enable them to go out and do it and empower them with the ability to go out and do it for themselves. We have to give them the trust, we can't micromanage, and we have to assume that they're going to take it, try it, fail, try some more, and then we just go back, we praise, ask them if we can teach them a little bit, and we teach them, and you just keep doing the process. And it elevates them, and their expertise um, just skyrockets if you will do this, and then validate them. And validation is just a form of praise. It's just really a simple way of saying, man, you're doing a great job. And that praise is very specific. Validation is more of a, I saw what you're doing and I love it. You know, yeah. they go hand in hand, but that praise, ask, teach, enable, and validate. That's if you follow that model, your staff, and you can do the same thing with your patients. You know, they come in and man, I'm so excited that you came in. I know that you're yes. here. Can I show you something that might help you a little bit? Mm -hmm. You know, you do the same tips all the way through with every human interaction. Everything's going to escalate. You know, all you're just going to elevate every relationship that you have. And so it's a real simple formula. You know, talking about that, show me the steps, show me the formula. I'm the engineer. I need to know from x-ray to finish, what do I need to do? That five-step formula is going to transform the interactions inside the practice and, and immediately brings down the stress. You know, I just learned a lot because I'm guilty of, of, you know, wanting to do everything very, very quickly 
and efficiently. And because of that, probably I've erred on the side of being too uh, harsh. You know, I don't, I don't fluff a lot of my statements with my team and they know this. I said, if you want to talk to me, talk to me in bullet points, please. Because, you know, so, you know, but hearing you say that, it's like, you know, we're always trying to get better, all of us on this earth. And so hearing you say that, I'm like, man, I really need to audit the way that I come at people sometimes because you're right. It's such a defensive statement sometimes can, can set you back, you know, one step forward, two steps back kind of thing. And so if you're not, if you're, if you're coming at them with really kind of a collaborative comment, like, Hey, that was awesome. You know, but let me show you, I learned this cool trick, right? And like, you could really get into it. Let me show you how I did it or learned or whatever. And, um, I dig that. I'm really, I'm going to take that. I'm going to take that one to the bank to, to, um, well, not metaphorically speaking, I'm going to put it in my mental, I'm going to put it in my, my yeah. mind. You will take it to the bank. I absolutely guarantee that if your listeners will apply, even if they just did the first, you know, I love it when you, can I show you a trick, teach them, and then enable them, just those first bam, 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 those four bullets. Yeah. That's going to elevate the performance and the production of every person in that office. And, you know, just think about it. if you could get even just a 5% rise in yeah. your overall production, you know, what's that going to do to the bottom line of a practice? That's going to be huge. Massive. And you're going to get that when you start coming in with just, you know, those four bullets, you know, I love it when, can I show you something? Here it is. I love it. You know, go ahead and try it. Do what you can. That's almost, it's so simple, right? So simple. And when, you know, in Dennis, I think we have a problem with like, man, I want to raise revenues. I'm going to learn this skill or learn this trade or learn this procedure, right? When it's really sometimes the easiest solutions to, to creating a, uh, a thriving team and a thriving practice are right under our nose. And it's simple, simple methodology, like you were saying, is to yeah. apply. And um, that's some of the lowest hanging fruit, right? Like the, it absolutely is. This, uh, the lowest hanging fruit absolutely is in the, in the skill and the expertise of the people that you already have in your practice. And all you have to do is, is warm those relationships up a little bit, mm-hmm. elevate them, empower them, and they're going to bring it in for you. The production's going to go up. And that, that praise, you cannot validate and praise too much. And the more grease and lube you put into the machine, the better and more efficient that, that is going to, to work. Yeah, I just did a, a live a couple of days ago inside a, a group that I have for Dennis. And I talked about last weekend, my son and I had to change the water pump on my wife's BMW. And I've been in and out of engines since I was in the ninth grade. And we, we love these cars. Their performance, we both drive a BMW. They're amazing machines. They look beautiful. They feel good. But, you know, when we took that water pump out of the front of the engine and I looked in and here's this beautifully polished aluminum on the inside where nobody's ever going to see it. And the ports were immaculate and the, and the machining was just smooth. I was like, holy mackerel. You know, this is different than your, your standard off-the-rack Chevy engine that I've been into a lot of times. That's the same way, you know, that, that's that formula that I just gave you, you know, those quick bullets, that's the machining and the milling that's polishing the inside and not just dressing up the outside with a pretty lobby. We're now polishing and machining the inside of the machine. Yeah, I dig that. I like that analogy. Yeah, yeah you know, I've, I've been, um, I've experienced that, you know, personally. So I think that, I mean, when, I'm sorry. That's um, good. Look, I got three kids and a giant dog, and young kids, and it's always like literally, it's like pandemonium around here. So I, just I'm real surprised life. my Great Dane hasn't come and shoved his head in here because so many times I'll be in the middle of these and he'll hear me talking, and the next thing you know, there's this massive yeah, people. People dig that, though. you know, they like the authenticness of it. But um, <laughs> one second, one you're second. good, you're good. All right, so. Let's, I want to, I want to wrap it up because you've given some awesome, awesome pearls to, to our listeners. Yeah. And, you know, I'm trying to think like if anything in closing, but you've really given some very tactical things for, for to implement, even like tomorrow as I go in clinically, I can say, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to apply just a couple of things that Brett's discussed. And I think it'll make a, a huge impact immediately. Um, and, and I think what's cool about it is they're really simple. 
if someone wanted to know more, like can they, you know, do you have some YouTube videos? If they want to kind of dive deeper into some of the training and the coaching that you offer, like where would be a good resource? So one of the best resources right now, and I'll be running a lot of this onto a YouTube channel, but inside uh, on Facebook, I have a group called High Production Teams, and it's just dentists, uh, and I'm in there every day with a live or with tips and trainings on how to build these high production teams. Um, and then the other way. What's is it called? What's the group called? High production teams. High production teams. Okay. And that's a Facebook yep. group? Facebook group. All right. And uh, that would be one of the easiest and fastest ways um, to start getting this content. Okay. Uh, or go to yourpracticetherapist.com. Um, Okay. And there's some resources on there. There's a couple of free resources that people can download. There is a, a three, uh, a three part, um, coaching program, uh, that you can get in your email. i do some live video coaching that kind of guides you through some of these concepts, uh, to get them going. And that's a, a perfect place to get started. Um, and if somebody really wants to jump in deep, uh, or they got specific questions, they can always, uh, out, you know, put in for a consultation and I'll talk to them. We'll do 15, 20 minute phone call and just say, what have you got going on and what do you need and, and where do you need to go? Do you have a, do you have clients that you do kind of on a recurring basis or is it usually, I mean, do you have people that you, you know, since it's a practice therapist, I mean, do you have an ongoing thing? You know, it's like Tiger yeah. Woods has a coach. Do you, do you kind of deal with some clients, you know, I wouldn't say in perpetuity, but you know what I mean? I think it's sometimes healthy to yeah. keep, keep someone like you on 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 the team <laughs> yeah and and i and there there are a couple of ways people work with me so uh, there's two different programs the practice leadership formula and high production teams i have as a self-led online program that you know dentists can get into they can they get the modules but then there's uh, eight weeks of live interaction just like you and i are doing um on zoom and we'll answer those specific questions but they want more, then I can be in there and kind of come on and help coach and be in the practice and work with you to build the culture, to build the systems, to polish the inside of that machine uh, and to walk with you. And what I tell them is, look, my job is, is to really be behind you, to elevate you to that leader, but to be your mentor so that you're doing it uh, and to support you and to take the pressure off. So yeah, there are ways um, available for depending on how they want it and depending on where they're at. I have a couple of dentists who uh, they needed some real fast triage. So we went in and we did some fix and got them up where they needed to be. And then some others that just needed the spot stuff. It really depends on where they're at and what they are. Okay. Who they are and where they are. Yeah. I, um, is that a John Maxwell book behind you, The Laws of Leadership? Yeah, it is. Yeah. The 21 laws of leadership. Irrefutable. I was like, that's a good book. That's a good book. So I was like, you know, um, yeah, I'm a big fan of his as well. So, uh, <laughs> all right. So I'm going to do something we haven't actually done. I've, I've, when I originally started this podcast, I was usually doing this speed round at the end of, end of, uh, the podcast. And for yeah. whatever reason, I just, st we, I stopped doing it or forgot, but today yeah. to your benefit, ready for this. All right. Speed round questions. All right. What's your favorite book? Oh, man. My absolute favorite book is probably Think and Grow Rich. You know, a lot of right. people say it. I go back to it all the time. Nice. As you hear that one, I mean, that's just a, I always say that's almost like a required reading. There's like five books that like should be required reading for the human race. And like, that's, you know, that's always on, you know, high driven people's list of, of books. So that's, that's a cool one. All right. So a productivity tool or app or software that you use every day that helps you kind of move the needle. This little buddy right here, the self journal. Nice. I love this thing. Um, and it's is so it simple. The self journal or are you just saying like, is there actually a product it's or are you just the self journal? Okay. And it is every day. You, you know, you get up every morning what are, it's got a gratitude section, your daily plan, what are your goals that you're working for, and what are the things you have to do, and then at night, you come back in, what are my wins, what did I learn, and uh, where am I headed, you know, and it's just, as far as keeping you on task and focused, I love this thing, it, it absolutely is amazing. Nice, 
And where do you see the future of dentistry? I really think that the future of dentistry is going to be more and more client-centered and more focused on the person, um, especially as things like, I mean, Invisaligners, you can get them online. You know, a lot of it is becoming commoditized. And the way that you're going to stay relevant, then the same thing in my past you know, experience as a therapist, therapy is becoming commoditized onto the internet. Um, and the more one-on-one -on -one focused and the more personal you can make it, I want, when I go to somebody and I, and I have some teeth done, I want to know the person and I want to know that they are there for me and they're not just drilling and filling. You know, I don't want to be a transaction. And I think that that is going to keep it solvent. And that's what's going to keep the independent viable against the corporate. Uh, because uh, I don't want to go into a machine. I don't want to go into a transactional process. I want somebody who cares about me, who I am, and remembers me from the last time I came in. That, I believe, is the yeah. solvency in the future of it. I, I agree. And I'm glad to hear that, that you feel that way, you know, that the, the relationship based kind of practice rather than just a mill or, or, you know, yes, there's corporate power, so to speak. And a lot of dentists are fearful of that right now. There's corporate power, but I say, you know, we have such, you know, the our ground game can be so much better than the corporate, the corporate, the you know, not, not to say definitely don't get lazy and complacent. Um, but yeah. you know, it's, it's, uh, I, I still think we have the advantage in the ground game. Anyway, Absolutely, you do. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah it's good. Thanks. Uh, thank you so much, Brett. I, en I enjoyed this. I learned a lot. I'm actually a lot of fun. down as soon as we get off here to make sure I implement, you know, 8 a.m. tomorrow morning. And, yeah. uh, and I will post, you know, some ways that you can, uh, I'll post all the, what you said, how to connect with you in the show notes. And we'll make sure that, um, you know, our Bulletproof podcast listeners can, can connect with you. Hey, it's my pleasure. And, uh, you know, anything I can do for you guys, I love your show and I love what you guys, you're doing for, you know, your dental colleagues. And that's why I reached out because uh, it's pretty phenomenal. Cool. Thanks, buddy. Enjoyed it and uh, have, a, have a great evening. Thanks so much for listening to Bulletproof Dental Practice with your hosts, Dr. Peter Bolden and Dr. Craig Spodak. Online at BulletproofDentalPractice.com. We'll catch you next time.